Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, one of the world's seven or eight favourite cricket shows. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for this evening, Zany Shenanigans. And my guest tonight is a man who on Twitter this week has been trending worldwide as hashtag 36 not out. It's Tony Kerr. Thanks for that introduction, Adam. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it's been a few days now since the 36 not out, so I've played another match, but I didn't get to bat. You weren't sort of promoted up the order back to opener or something? No. I was, if anything, I was demoted. Oh, really? I just don't think I scored the runs quick enough. <laughs> That's funny, actually, because your cricket career, like, despite consistently failing all the time, <laughs> you constantly get pushed higher and higher up the order. <laughs> like, when you had that sort of run of 13 consecutive ducks or whatever it was, you'd be like, right, Tony, in at four. But then as soon as you actually make a, a good score, slide him down the order. How's it going this week, Tone? Have you had a good week? Uh, very good week, yeah. It's a Saturday afternoon, isn't it, as we're recording yeah. this? Which, I mean... Unusual time. Gives your intro a different, you know, different feel after you said, good evening. Did I? Yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> already falling down somewhat. It was the Queen's Jubilee last weekend, Tony. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you heard about that. I caught wind of that, yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy the Jubilee? Did you watch much of it? I imagine you sort of got in the scones, you know, part of the bunting, sat in in front of the TV and just watched hour after hour of, uh, of the BBC's Jubilee coverage. Yeah, pretty much. Sums it up. I mean, when you say bunting, I've got two flags, one of which blew away because the weather was horrific. So we were left with just a single Union Jack. Uh, outside the house uh, it's no scones for me not, not really a massive fan of scones no to be honest uh, no it's good it was, it was alright wasn't it I watched the concert that was probably the only part I really did watch one thing I did really like in the concert was uh, was Will I Am saying to the Queen happy birthday your highness four words two mistakes <laughs> uh, did you enjoy the flotilla there was all kinds of excitement during the flotilla wasn't there like will Tower Bridge open in time yeah, yeah to let that the was a real of Jeopardy. Yeah. It annoyed me when people said flotilla. That, that annoyed me. <laughs> Why did that annoy you? It just sounds silly, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure on like one of these shows a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I don't understand why people get so annoyed with things all the time. You're, <laughs> you look genuinely furious over there about uh, people saying yeah, flotilla. I, I wouldn't say I was annoyed at the time, but it's kind of built steadily as I've thought about, you know, I've had real trouble sleeping <laughs> over that one. Did you see the, the BBC's coverage was uh, attacked in the, in the Daily Mail and other newspapers uh, for being no, sort of too lightweight because there was an item where they where Fern Cotton spoke to Paloma Faith about various Jubilee uh, merchandise that you could buy and they were sort of talking about a, a Jubilee sick bag and it attracted like 4,000 complaints or something <laughs> for being not serious enough and I thought I really hope the Daily Mail never listened to this show. I was going to say how if we did it how lightweight would we be do you think it would be, be like we'd blow away in the wind I think. Well we'd just be talking about your weekend for, <laughs> for like, five, it's like how was your it's like, five hours. Can we hear a bit more about like Prince Philip and stuff? No. No, no, I'm really not really interested in that. <laughs> I imagine come the, whatever it is, the Diamond Diamond Jubilee or the Platinum Jubilee or whatever in 10 years' time. This I'm was like, the Diamond Jubilee. I realise that, but according to Wikipedia anyway, when I looked, 70 years is a Diamond Jubilee also. Oh, they just, they've run out of ideas. Yeah, I think so. But then I did hear someone else call it the Platinum Jubilee. So uh, whichever one of those 
It is. And this is the sort of coverage I mean, we'd exactly. be providing. Just, but anyway, when that comes around, when 10 years comes around, I do think we'll possibly, we will be in a position uh, to be asked, I think. I'd, I'd be disappointed if we're not. Mark Thompson, if you're listening, Director General of the BBC, you know, we're available. Right. There are all kinds of things coming up on, quite literally, the show today. The third test between England and the West Indies is underway, but we will not be discussing that uh, because, well, they've had about a session of that game so far after uh, a couple of days of rain. So we'll be talking about that next week. Things we will be discussing. Start with the things we won't be discussing. (laughs) We will also not be discussing uh, the Euro crisis, the Leveson inquiry. Well, I suppose we might touch on any of these. I mean, I think we'll just kind of, uh, you know, we'll draw together the various threads of, you know, stuff that's going on in the wider world and bring it and you know, give it a cricketing context the Queen's Jubilee so we might, yeah, we might all of these might come up <laughs> um, I know you've got sort of a seven or eight minute stand up act worked out for the Jubilee that you're saving for the end <laughs> yeah, um, so, so, if you can get through the rest of it so we're all looking forward to that off. Uh, but other things we'll be talking about include Kevin Peterson's retirement from Limited Overs Internationals uh, and we'll also be turning our attention to county cricket a little bit as well which is a bit of a shock and Tony's looked very surprised <laughs> when I said said that but I literally did tell you that we were talking about cancer. It was, it, was, uh, you know, it was a bit of acting there for you. <laughs> People have been going absolutely bonkers for the World Cricket Show t-shirts Tone. Available now of course at cricketshow.net in both men's and women's sizes. It's kind of half expect when I, uh, when I tuned into the cricket this morning to see you know a stag party or you know the group all wearing the World Cricket Show t-shirt in the stands you know as their fancy dress. Well I'm a bit annoyed because Gower did tell me that he was going to wear one on this morning's coverage but he's bottled it I think. From the moment we put these shirts online Sally them has very much felt like we're on The Apprentice. So you're calling me several times a day going, how many units have we shifted? <laughs> Shift more units. And I, I'm taking these calls in the back of a cab. Yeah, so I'm, on now, I'm not being driven around in a, you know, some kind of, uh, kind of people carrier. You know, already I'm starting to get the idea that, you know, you don't, you don't really have a strategy here, uh, which could, <laughs> yeah, could, could put you in poor position to to be fired I think what's the strategy I really do feel like one of us is going to be fired you know that we're going to be hauled into the boardroom in front of Lord Sir Alan Sugar and uh, and given a real dressing down it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, well I don't think they did it this series but uh, in past series the, the last two contestants would battle out I think in the final episode and they'd bring back all the all the fired candidates you know to help them it'd be kind of like that except there's only what would be Gordon McRae would be the only person <laughs> brought in and it'd be kind of a disadvantage I think if you're, if you're paired up with him but yeah they are of course as I say Available cricketshow.net. Well, they're everywhere now, aren't they? Are they? Kind of. You've got. Have you got one? Well, I haven't paid for one. We have paid for one. I took one out of the uh, out of the stock. Stolen already. <laughs> Stolen one from the stock cupboard. Sticky fingers, care. <laughs> it's not the only thing I've been stealing from. England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. Now, England are, of course, locking horns with the West Indies once again this week in a thrilling dead rubber at a rainy Edgebaston. I watched uh, uh, yeah, I watched this morning's play, uh, day one, or was day three. But, yeah, day three, yeah. Uh, day three, but the first, you know, the first bit of action. Within five overs, it had already got boring and the commentators were talking about, uh, talking about like metric and imperial conversions <laughs> and things. And it already, it already like seemed the feel of like, you know, like a really slow pattern passage of play in late in the afternoon ball is just coming through the batsman just watching it go fast it's one of my favourite things about cricket that the commentators seem to really resent the fact <laughs> that they have to talk about cricket or they'll do anything not to talk about the action unfolding in front of them like how during the first test of the Ashes last year you know the biggest series ever <laughs> enormous three month long build up like four overs into it David Lloyd and Ian Botham are discussing their favourite thriller writers was, <laughs> James Patterson's really much. and I 
was saying to you before the show today that uh, I looked on Twitter like three minutes into into the game today, and Steve James, who's a, an observer writer, uh, was just tweeting frantically, going, "Has anyone got anyone know what's going on with Sky Player? I'm trying to watch the rugby." He's like presumably in the press box at Edgebaston. He's like two days have been rained off, and finally there's some cricket going on. And he's like, "Oh, I've got to watch the rugby." I mean, who are these guys that they spend so long talking about stuff other than cricket? on what is ostensibly a cricket know, you know, yeah, a cricket medium a, vehicle they'll get they'll draw bad reviews if they do that <laughs> <laughs> that's a shocker it does me laugh though like people turn up at test matches well they get there obviously a bit early. well you know some people do get there you know an hour before play or half an hour before play so they're already reading the paper when it starts <laughs> but they just they don't put it down they just still carry on say so like an hour in yeah and they've not really they've not really raised their eyes from the from the newspaper well I mean I, I guess I do that at home in front of the TV where yeah. cricket is a great thing for that that you can be doing other stuff you can be reading a book or you know, be doing some work or whatever but I suppose you you would watch the opening over at least <laughs> the first couple of balls rather than just being engrossed in like the, the Sunday Times culture magazine yeah anyway uh, as we say yes they are very much playing at Edgebaston at the moment but we're not going to be talking about that today because uh, the score is what currently 109 for three there's not much for us to get in our teeth into there yet so we'll be talking about the test as a whole Uh, on next week's show. Um, But the big news this week in the world of England uh, was the shock retirement of of Kevin Peterson from Limited Overs Internationals, citing spiralling workloads and a a desire to spend some more time with his family. Uh, Peterson announced his decision to withdraw from 50 over internationals and then due to a stipulation in his ECB central contract that means that he has had to retire from 2020 internationals as well. Peterson did say that he would have liked to carry on in 2020s but the ECB won't let him, so he's retiring from both. Uh, Now, the news has prompted a tidal wave of reactions from people on the internet, Um, some supportive, most furious, I would say. Uh, A number of people tweeted at us about it, including Jay, who described the decision as selfish uh, and said that it's a slap in the face for all cricket fans, most of whom would do anything to swap shoes with KP for one day. So it's provoked strong emotions, and it was certainly quite a surprising announcement in how sort of abrupt it was. What's your view? Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Because there wasn't really, uh, there wasn't many chatted beforehand about it. It kind of just, it kind of just arrived on the internet, really, didn't it? <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> Literally, yeah. it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, one minute Peterson was playing cricket, you know, one day cricket for England, the next he wasn't. Yeah, as, as these things tend to play out. That's cause and effect for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I respect the decision. I think I probably wouldn't want to play ODI cricket. Right. Uh, I'd play 20 if I was Peterson. Bloody boring. <laughs> That's just miserable. But given that England uh, go in search of, uh, you know, in search of a defence of the World 2020 in about five months, four months. How many months? Three months. Three and a half months. Three to six months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't see why you couldn't have just stuck that out. Seems a bit wasteful. And it puts England into a bit of a, uh, a weaker position, doesn't it, ahead of that. Now, Peterson was the player of the tournament uh, two years ago. Yeah, England are going to have to replace him. I think you're right. I think it's the timing of it that is what's so disappointing about it. Because, yeah, as you say, by pulling out now, he is seriously damaging England's chances at the World 2020 later this year. And you would have thought that he could have just waited until October. So then by retiring now, do you think this is almost part of his plan that he's, you know, he's attempting to get back at the ECB by timing the decision like this? I mean, the suggestions are very much that, he, that he's had a falling out with them in some way over, you know, he wants to retire from 50 over. They won't let him just do that. And so he said, right, fine, I'm retiring altogether and I'm doing it now. Yeah, if that's the case, I would have, I would say that he should be allowed to retire just from 50 over cricket. Going forward a few years, 
I think pretty much international cricketers will only be playing test and 20 over cricket. So uh, the kind of blueprint that Peterson wants to, to lay down here of just playing test and test and T20 is the future very much. So I think he's maybe just a bit of head of, you know, head of the time. I think you're probably right, but I'm not sure whether it should be left up to Kevin Peterson to decide what the future is. Now, I can understand if he if he doesn't want to play 50 Yeah, yeah well, no, I'm not saying it's, it's like, let's all listen to Kevin. He's going to dictate the way cricket will go. But I think his action here is just a, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a symptom, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's an outcome of, of the situation at the moment. And that's the way I imagine many players will be feeling. Yes, and in that sense, it's understandable, but he knows full well that there's a stipulation in this contract that he has to retire from both if he's going to retire from one. Whether or not he agrees with that or whether or not we agree with that, that is the situation. And if he wants to still play 2020 internationals, then he's going to have to play 50 over internationals as well. And he's basically decided that he doesn't want to play 2020 internationals enough. Do you then think that that the ECB are at fault here, that they they could have said, oh, actually, let's uh, reassess our thinking and, and, and not have that stipulation anymore? Possibly their, their feeling might be that if they alter the rules to, to suit Peterson's wishes, uh, that they, they in the back of their minds, they know there's going to be you know, there's four or five or six or more, you know, or seven or eight or nine. <laughs> For example. Yeah. For example. Uh, you know, there's a whole you know, slew of players in the dressing room who would do the same immediately. Maybe that's uh, an understanding that they've got. And so suddenly they could be left with you know, no real established talent playing ODI cricket in the England team. Uh, and obviously that's got, uh, you know, that's got connotations in terms of revenue and uh, how many tickets they can sell for a one-day international match. It's certainly a possibility that that's the situation. I would be surprised you know, if it's that many. Maybe someone like... Yeah, that's, that's one... But for most of these guys, I think they probably do want to play all three formats. The, the flip side for is that, and, and I understand fans and cricket supporters and cricket observers who are pretty annoyed at Peterson and, and saying that, you know, he's quite, he's, uh, you know, by spurning effectively a cricket career that many people would love to have. Uh, and when they look at people like, you know, Chanderpool and Tendulkar and stuff, you're just still going, doing everything they can at, at the age they are. You know, Peterson's got, what is he like 30 he's 31 yeah 31 so he could have yeah five six years ahead of him he's in anything, he's now this is the prime like he's right smack bang in the, his kind of prime five or six years and that's why i'm so gutted about it i am really quite disappointed in peterson here because not only has he still got a lot of time ahead of him potentially but also i, I really don't think he's fulfilled his potential in limited overs cricket you know the last couple of games that he's played in both formats He's been awesome and, you know, maybe suggesting that he might be about to fulfil that potential. You know, he's batting at the top of the order, scored consecutive centuries in his last two um, 50 over games. He's got all the tools to become, you know, maybe the dominant player of his generation. And now you think, oh, maybe he's on the cusp of doing that. And at this point, he's decided to, to cut and run. And if you actually look at his his ODI career, the brutal truth is that it is going to go down as a disappointment. If he never plays another one-day international again, it will have to go down as a disappointment. Andy Zaltzman, who I I don't normally like to to plug on this show, uh, but he did did dig out a fantastic stat this week, which is that in Peterson's first 10 and final two innings combined in ODI cricket, he averaged 178 with five centuries. But in the 104 innings in between... He averaged 34 with four centuries. He had the capability to be the best player in the world, but for a large part of his career in that format, he was pretty mediocre. So if he leaves it now, you know, the Peterson story, certainly in that form of the game, is going to be a story of, of, of a wasted opportunity, of wasted talent, I think. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, when he first, you know, that very first uh, ODI series that he played, he was just unbelievable in. Against South Africa, yeah. Yeah, and it is a shame because in one kind of one day into one day international cricket and and twenty twenty now, you know, that is the the kind of the theatre in which he is going to or would would have been or could have been one of the great players. But in Test cricket, he's you know, he, whilst he's he's got a very good Test record, it's much harder for him to stand out above the rest of you know the, the rest of the England team, for example, and. Player, you know, other players in the world. So I don't know. Yeah, I think his legacy as a cricketer over, overall is damaged by this. Yeah, that might be true because while I suppose in one sense we should be very grateful that he's prioritised Test cricket over those other two, because he could have said, you know, I'm retiring from Tests and, and continuing on in, in limited overs if if he just wants to, you know, to, to be playing international cricket less. In one sense we should be grateful, but I think from Peterson's perspective, you're probably right that he's definitely England's best limited overs batsman. I suppose Owen Morgan might have something to say about that, but but in Test cricket, yeah, there's there's Cook and Trot and Bell, all of whom uh, would probably have a claim to that. And yeah, I think Peterson is someone who to whom legacy is very important, and he's obviously going to have a, a real legacy in, in Test cricket, and he could create an, an even stronger one than than he has already. But I think he could have had a real uh, legacy in in limited overs cricket, and I'm not sure that he's going to now. If Peterson thinks that there are too many meaningless one-day series then he's not wrong but it's quite a drastic measure to take I think it's it's too abrupt this and it does almost suggest an element of spite that he's trying to get back at the ECB undeniably I think it's it's quite a selfish decision if if he just wants to spend more time with his family then that's one thing and if you know he wants to concentrate on test cricket then that's brilliant but it's hard to believe that this decision isn't at least partly motivated by a desire to go and play in the big bash and the Champions League and if he does do that then it's going to be massively frustrating because if he's saying you know I want to go and spend more time with my family but when England are playing one day series um, this winter he's in Australia playing in the big bash and that 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 doesn't wash does it so so, you know, I don't want to judge him for something he hasn't yet done, but I would be surprised if he doesn't. He's certainly characterised as sort of a as having a pretty sizable ego, uh, and he's very, I think, self not in a, not in a negative way the whole time, but he's quite self centred player, isn't he? It kind of fits in with it's very uh, much in keeping. Yeah, it's very much in keeping. You know, from the ECB's perspective, then, as we say, they are in a very difficult situation uh, because they don't want to sort of have one rule for Peters and one rule for the others. But do you think maybe they could have come to some kind of accommodation here? It does suggest that there was a breakdown in in communications in talks that maybe didn't need to happen because if Peterson's there saying. I want to play 2020 internationals. Who is it benefiting if he's not playing? Now, are we entering sort of WICB territory here like they had with Chris Gale? He's out the team. He wants to be in the team. England would be much better if he was in the team. So who who wins there? Well, exactly. I agree with you. No no one does. And I, I find it hard to believe that it's you know, it's not within the ECB's capacity to now start to see... Well, I mean, they, they see the three formats, you know, pointed three different captains. So you know, obviously they see these teams as being quite distinct. The 50 over and 20 over teams aren't, aren't 100% similar. Without being too reactionary, they could now go and say, "Well, you know, maybe we need three separate uh, central contracts, and then maybe please bring Peterson back into the fold." So you think then that, that maybe they will come to their senses at some point? That, that do you think there's still a chance that Peterson could play in the World 2020 this year? You'd have to think not. Probably that he probably won't play. There's not there's not a huge amount of time. I mean, three to six months is is the sort of time frame that <laughs> two uh, to eleven months. There's stuff to get stuff done in. 
But you know, you never know in cricket. I mean, there's so many kind of ins and outs and comings and goings, and people retiring and making comebacks that you know anything's possible, really. Shai Dafridi's retired about eight times, hasn't <laughs> he? And he's yeah. still playing. And that makes it. It's going to be very annoying, isn't it? Because any time England play a limited overs international now, you're just going to feel well, this isn't quite England's best team. And if Peterson's just sat at home on his own eating cereal playing or something, FIFA. playing FIFA, or alternatively, you know, in in Australia playing in the, in the Big Bash or whatever, it's just I don't know. It's very annoying from an English perspective. And I know that people are saying, oh, well, this is the future. But it's not a future that I want to sign up to particularly. So, yeah, so I do think the ECB have got to share quite a lot of the blame. Uh, and the other way, of course, in which they are to blame is that Peterson is right. There is far too much meaningless one-day cricket. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think this whole kind of episode is just kind of another inevitable incident, really, in the whole kind of like shakedown of, of world cricket and, and, and how, obviously, there were going to be kinks to iron out, you know, sort of <laughs> squeezing an entirely new format into, the, you know, into an already busy calendar in the last few years has already proved a bit of a nightmare so it's going to be a few years before everyone's happy this Australia one day series that's coming up is just colossally pointless (laughs) and it's it's meant that England are playing three tests against South Africa instead of four or five and and Peterson I guess is is right to look at that and think what is the point why am I bothering to play this in a way in another way the fans are right in saying well I would give my right arm to play cricket for England I probably wouldn't be very good if I did <laughs> but um, if, if he's picked for England he should play for England but I guess there are two sides to every story Tane is, is the conclusion that I'm coming to here the international sport is an odd one isn't it because yeah <laughs> we've had a lot of criticism for some players in the England football team in the, the, the European Championships that are ongoing being picked in the squad and actually saying if I'm not going to play I don't want to go I understand the argument that you know you should be happy above anything else to play for your country in in the sports or in the sport, but even sometimes when I you know when I'm called get a call from uh, I've only played like four matches of cricket this year well, for Kobo Legends for Kobo Legends you know and I get the call and I think oh I can't be you know, I can't be bothered tonight or like I'd really <laughs> you're in the middle of running a bath <laughs> <laughs> exactly but you know what I mean I mean it's obviously that's completely it's slightly the different end of the scale. well don't do yourself down because that 36 on that was pretty dashing, I know but, but yeah, no, meanwhile I need to get together with the Guernsey cricket board I think and start having some talks speaking about the footballers we were talking about this yesterday about how um England during the last World Cup you know the, the reports were that the pl- the reason the players aren't doing very well is because they were bored <laughs> they're in their base camp in Rustenburg and they were bored and, and we were saying that it's the most ridiculous thing that yeah you, yeah. what's wrong with Rooney oh he's just bored <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just away with 24 you know, other people at in a, a World hotel. Cup playing yeah, football just for England unbelievably exciting so I guess I mean, yeah. I, it takes me ages to get bored <laughs> I do not get bored easily so I get that is not true at all can I just put, put that well I get no at least consider, yeah, attention <laughs> literally the opposite of, of what I would say about you um, yeah so I get I guess then that the same is true for Peterson that he should just be happy to play for England but the point now is that you know that he's, he's also a Delhi Daredevils player and he is I think prioritising uh, not necessarily prioritising IPL over England but saying you know that I, I need to have both I mean being at the IPL he had to come back early for that from that for test cricket but not playing limited overs will mean he can play in the Champions League for Delhi Daredevils. It is completely valid and you can understand why players want to play in the IPL. And not just for the money, but also because it is it'd be it, yeah, it must be incredibly exciting. It's a I mean I'd play in it. I'd play it. I'd turn out. Yeah. If if there are any IPL scouts down at uh Lamada Cartrip playing fields <laughs> the other week watching me deliver some of those wides, I can do that on a bigger stage. I think you could pre- I think you've got something to offer. Million dollars? I'd sack off Kobo Legends so quickly. <laughs> I was in London this week, Tane. Have you heard of London? I've been there. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? It's a bit bigger than Guernsey. Great stuff. Well, we can move on. <laughs> we can move on now, can we? 
Uh, no, I didn't really get involved in any of the uh, any of the Jubilee celebrations particularly, but I did meet up with uh, London correspondent Gordon McRae. I stayed at his house, in fact. Uh, and- Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We played an astonishing amount of FIFA. <laughs> FIFA being a, a, a football video game, of course. He, Gordon must be unbelievably good at it now because it seems to be all he does. He'd certainly like to think so. He would certainly like to think so. <laughs> like I sort of went out for dinner and then got back at about uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Played FIFA till about 2 in the morning. Got up again quite early and just played FIFA into the afternoon. So hang on, let me get this straight. There was a... Uh, you know, a, a historic event taking place in yep. the city, one that probably won't be seen again. Are you talking about my FIFA prowess? <laughs> yeah. Because I did and beat him 5-1 at one point. people turned up uh, and stood on the banks of, you know, a miserable uh, river when they could have been down there watching you. No, TV. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There was a crowd, but maybe not on quite the scale that we saw um, on the banks of the Thames. It's ridiculous how much FIFA we played, given that, you know, I've gone to London <laughs> for a couple of days. So people yeah, are like, this. did you have a good time in London? Yeah, just played a lot of FIFA. Oh, uh, did you like go to any museums or anything? No, no, just played FIFA, really. Fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to the Jubilee concert, but I did go to a concert of some description on Monday night, uh, a musical concert, if you will. I uh, went to see this band, I don't know if you've heard of them, they're a bit um, underground, called Coldplay uh, at the Emirates Stadium in London. I, I actually wore a World Cricket Show t-shirt. Did you yeah. get any uh, you know, any comments? Not as many as you might have hoped for. I, I mean, I ran up and down the touchline a few times just pointing at the shirt. People weren't interested. But yeah, it was a good gig. They know what they're doing to Coldplay. But there was a really funny thing right at the end during their encore where uh, Chris Martin just goes, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg just walked out on stage and just like waved to the crowd and everyone went mental. He didn't really like he didn't really do anything. And then he was the last one off the stage and was like, Good night, London. That's bizarre. <laughs> What's that really after their last song? No, it was during their last song, in the middle of it, Simon Pegg just walks out. I mean I know he's a, a, a movie star and I think they are like quite good mates, but it's quite a weird thing to do, really, isn't it? And as we were leaving the stadium, these these people in front of us turned around because we were like, Oh yeah, it was weird when, when Simon Pegg came out. These people in front of us turned around and went, was that really Simon Pegg? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, of course it was Simon Pegg. I'm going to get a Simon Pegg lookalike to do that. No, Simon Pegg's much too famous to appear on stage with the most popular band in the world. Yeah, that's odd, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm surprised you weren't asked on stage. I was, but I, I turned, turned it down. It down yeah. I say you're more mo- you're more modest than that, aren't you? You're, you're not the sort of guy who wants to you know wants the adulation of you know, seventy thousand people on stage. Do you? you just sit in the back in your Walgreens show t shirt of your own podcast, <laughs> <laughs> just, just listening. I was just yeah, listening just to the Walgreens show. Just listening to past episodes. <laughs> <laughs> listening to us talk about England versus Pakistan from summer twenty ten. Game. This is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I've come back from london with a lot of is uh, is two pound coins <laughs> i was discussing this with someone the other day do you still find two pound coins exciting they're a much less numerous um item in, in guernsey than perhaps they are in in the uk i cannot remember the last time a two pound coin passed through my hands and because i still sort of think of them as being new do you know when two pound coins first came into circulation and you're gonna hate this 1998 which is ridiculous because in my head it's still you know it's still a, a new coin i'm aware that people in, in england are going to be thinking that we're such like rubes but i still feel you know a small thrill when you get a two pound oh, coin <laughs> exciting <laughs> life you i was just thinking i remember in a, a german lesson once uh that i was talking about you know on the euro coins it tells you on one side of it which country they were issued in and i was sort of saying this in german and saying you know yeah I, I, if i get a euro coin i'd like to see where where it was issued in. and the german teacher told me i needed to get a life what is it? it's gone downhill from that so <laughs> you've really, if anything you've you've got more nerdy than that. <laughs> oh a two pound coin <laughs> oh. issued, issued circa 1998 Snoozing in the stands now. This is our county cricket segment. <laughs> Rearing its ugly head again. <laughs> county cricket, not something that we talk about a great deal here on the World Cricket Show, as has been noted by a number of others. <laughs> We're breaking the habit this week. Now in the county championship uh, so far this season, Warwickshire lead Division 1, uh, just ahead of Nottinghamshire. My beloved Warwickshire. Those two teams have got a little bit of daylight between them and Somerset, who are in third, and Somerset actually have played two more games than either Warwickshire or Nottinghamshire. So those two perhaps um, pulling away at the top a tad. Uh, then it's Middlesex in fourth, then Sussex and Lancashire, uh, and then Surrey and Worcestershire are struggling down in the basement with Durham adrift at the bottom, having not yet won a game. Uh, and then in Division 2, Derbyshire are leading the way with Yorkshire, Kent and Northamptonshire also pushing for promotion. Uh, and perhaps unsurprisingly, it's Glamorgan with all their problems who are the bottom of the pile. Uh, so those are the tables so far. In terms of individuals so far this season, the leading wicket taker uh, is Andre Adams at Nottinghamshire, who has 40 scalps so far. Uh, and then second on the list is Graham Onions. England's Graham Onions with, with 34 wickets at the sensational average of 12.61. The expression, you know, scalps, it's pretty brutal, isn't it? Yeah. I do imagine Adam's collection of, yeah, of scalps kind of hanging on his wall. He's got, like, Rob Key's scalp <laughs> on, you know, hung up on his wall. Rob Key's just, yeah, <laughs> fallen somewhere. Bring me the head of Mark Ramprakash. <laughs> Some other notable names uh, to look out for on the bowling list are Peter Trigo of, uh, of Somerset uh, and George Dockrell and Stuart Meeker. Um, all of whom are in the wickets this season, this season, and all of whom could be pushing for England selection in the future. George Dockrell, of course, Irish, uh, but England, I think, very much keeping an eye on him. Young left-arm spinner. Vernon Philander is another name of a cricketer, uh, and he's got 23 wickets in five matches for Somerset, an average of 21, uh, which is interesting, uh, given that he'll be playing for South Africa later this season. In the batting... Uh, the leading run scorer by a mile is Nick Compton, uh, who's made 862 runs for Somerset, an average of 86 with three centuries so far. He's miles ahead of, of second on the list, who is Ashwell Prince, uh, with World Cricket Show celebrity fan Michael Lum in third. 
And then another uh, notable name, Joe Denley, the forgotten man in some ways. Uh, but he's averaging 61 so far this season, perhaps pushing um, to get back into the England selectors' thoughts. Now, Nick Compton has been the man making the headlines so far. Uh, when you factor in the runs that he made in the season curtain raiser, uh, he was just 50 runs shy of scoring 1,000 first-class runs before the end of May. He was, yeah, only, only rain prevented him. Yeah, it was thwarted yeah. by the rain last week. Uh, it's a phenomenal effort, isn't it? Um, Although it is probably worth remembering that uh, that these days the county championship starts sometime in mid-January, I think. So, um, But saying that, so far this season, batsmen in general have really struggled. It's been very much a, a bowler's year so far. So to be averaging 86 is and pretty he, impressive. He would have been the first since Graham Hick, the legendary Graham Hick, one of my favourite ever cricketers. Could Compton be an England contender, do you think? Is that weight of runs in the county championship hard to ignore for the England selectors or does it not matter that much has he got to do it much more consistently he's had what he's only had like seven or eight games and he's been unbelievable in those seven or eight games but should we judge him again at the end of the season or this time next year or or do you just have to take that into consideration uh, potentially you do I'd say but a batting place uh, in the England team isn't something that's coming up you know, all that often is it well Johnny Bairstow well, I mean, under well, pressure the number six yeah, maybe he puts himself I think he, he, you know, he has to be a consider he has to be a consideration I think there are other players like Bairstow who they seem to like at the moment but you know, you see he's kind of the right age and he's got you know, a bit of experience Compton he's 28 I think. Yeah. as I say it's the fact that so many other batsmen have been struggling and, and bowlers are, are, are really enjoying themselves and then Compton's averaging 86. There's got to be something there. there? I mean, if you're going on form, he's got this many runs now, you'd think maybe he'd have got a shot in one of these tests against uh, the West Indies, but they went with Bairstow. Probably what the the ECB will do if they were to be backhanded would be to bring him in midway through the South Africa series if Bairstow fails. Uh, and yeah, Compton probably wouldn't have got any runs then for about a month or two and would you know, get out cheaply. So I suppose, as you say, if if he had been doing this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, he'd have been in the side immediately. But these days, consistency is a much more important thing and also England have a much more settled batting lineup than they did when you know, John Crawley and uh, Ian Ward were, were flying their trade. Speaking of England contenders, Ravi Bapara is back in the runs for Essex. He made an unbeaten 120 in a CB40 game against Gloucestershire and he followed that up with 65 not out in the championship against Nottinghamshire. Worrying times for England? Papara back in the runs? Uh, worrying times for you. Yeah. I, think. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's too late for Ravi. If he comes in and plays well and scores runs, then I think people, you know, he's quite a likable character. Oh, yeah. people... Obviously, if he comes in, plays well and scores runs, then I'll get behind him. <laughs> well, I don't My, the point like, I'm, I'm making with grudges. the question is, if he scores these runs in county cricket, force his way into the England team where he'll fail. I mean, that that's worrying times for England in the sense that he's going to be impossible to ignore. Well, yes, I know, but he's been kind of the ACB as far as they're concerned. He's been impossible to ignore for years, hasn't he? He's, yeah, and I don't he's understand why. Guy. So, in that sense, uh, nothing's changed really, is it? It's probably better if they're going to pick him. It's probably better that he's scoring runs than he isn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, that's true. That's a good point, I suppose. He's going to be picked either way. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so he may as well be that's coming true. off the back. Well, of form. we can only hope that he gets injured. I suppose, can't we? I wouldn't. No, no it's <laughs> good to see. Something of you look at Crick Info, but Parra injured. It's like yes, <laughs> another human being suffered a misfortune. The side notes now, in which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. <laughs> I'm hungry again. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Are you really? That's a turn-up. That's a turn-up for the week, so I'm going to slow, it, slow that, yeah. it right down. Slow the now, pace. I've got a side note here from BBC News. You may have seen this, as it was actually um, surprisingly high up the BBC News most read stories last week. Swing bowling not due to humidity, research suggests. The phenomenon of swing bowling in which a cricket ball veers sideways during flight, is not influenced by humidity, researchers say. 
Cricketers and sports scientists alike have long hypothesised that high humidity may increase the swing effect, but precise 3D studies of cricket balls under varying humidity showed no effect on the ball's shapes. A report due in Procedia Engineering instead suggests that cloud cover increases swing by stilling the air. Much like the path of a curve ball in baseball, or a looping corner kick in football, the swing effect comes from setting up different kinds of airflow on opposite sides of the ball. But why the effect is more noticeable during some matches and even some days in the same match has had researchers and players <laughs> stumped. God, we've heard that one before. <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed. That's, that's <laughs> the sackable offence, I think, really. The co-author of the study, David James, said, The leading hypothesis as to why cricket ball swing was around the fact that the seam on the cricket ball will swell on a humid day, becoming more pronounced, and that might lead to more swing. Dr. James and his colleagues made use of a climate chamber at AUT University in New Zealand in which atmospheric conditions can be tightly controlled. They used a 3D laser scanner to monitor how differently conditioned balls reacted under varying humidity, but found humidity had no detectable effect on the ball's geometry. Instead, they have pitched another idea, that bright sunshine, or the lack of it, is to blame for variation in swing. Dr. James explained, quote, When the ground heats, it makes convection currents, which make the air rise off the cricket pitch. That creates turbulence in the air on a sunny day. It's like a physics lesson, isn't it? On a cloudy day, you get stiller air, because you don't get these convection currents coming off the ground. Stiller air does less to affect the imbalance of smooth and chaotic flow on either side of the ball that leads to swing, so cloud cover could indirectly be the culprit. Seems plausible. To me, you got your scientist hat on. Yeah, my extensive experience in uh, GCSE uh, physics, uh, stage three. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, yeah, that seems like a reasonably good explanation. That one that I probably would have come up with. The thing is, didn't we know all along it was it was over it was overcast? I think the original hypothesis was that it was overcast, and then in recent years, people have gone, nah, no, it's all about humidity. No one really knows. I think both them both have come up with so many different. <laughs> It's the evidence is so contradictory all the time, you know. There'll be a new thing will come up uh, every six months. Well, this is it in the, in the study that it is just a hypothesis about cloud cover, but they have categorically proved that it isn't humidity. So I guess the point is that no one actually knows why cricket balls swing, and that's actually quite a cool thing. Do you not think? There's an element of this sport that's really important that no one understands that it is just a mystery. Reverse swing as well. Nobody knows why that happens, really. Is that not really cool? Yeah, I like it. I love it. It's just one of the things about cricket. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That we all love. And something from Crick Info as well. It's actually two articles on the same theme, but they're both short. Don't worry, Tane. I know you're hungry. Well, I've got the, 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 the clock's ticking yeah, well, pretty slowly. <laughs> Ryder challenges Macmillan to boxing match. Jesse Ryder has challenged former New Zealand batsman Craig Macmillan to a charity boxing match next month as he continues to work on his physical and mental rehabilitation. However, there is more to the challenge. Macmillan had blamed Ryder for New Zealand's defeat in the third 2020 against South Africa in February. Ryder top scored with 52 in the chase, but New Zealand went down by three runs, and Macmillan claimed that Ryder had slowed down to reach his half-century, costing his team the momentum and the match. Ryder, who took a break from international cricket in March but recently played in the IPL for Pune Warriors, said he was looking forward to Macmillan participating. Craig's quite a competitive guy, and I imagine quite a tough opponent. Ryder said in the New Zealand Herald. It'll be good if he takes part. There are a few things he said in the media about being selfish, so I want him to step up and help me get big. Uh, uh, the event promoter said, Craig hammered Jesse in the media. Now he has a chance to put his chin where his mouth is. <laughs> looks, looks like this war of words might just have to be settled in the ring. However, Tone, second article. Macmillan ducks Ryder's boxing challenge. We won't be seeing Jesse Ryder and Craig McMillan face off in the boxing ring, 
Macmillan has declined Ryder's offer to fight him in a charity boxing match next month. Macmillan said, I have no desire to box, thinks. It's being billed as a means to settle a grudge, and I don't want to be a part of it. Jesse has done some bo- boxing-related fitness stuff in the gym, and I have not done anything like that. I'm away commentating in Malaysia for two weeks during the lead-up. I wouldn't have the time to do the work required. It would be a, it would be a sit-up. Which is probably a good point that uh, Jesse Ryder's there working on his boxing day in, day out. <laughs> and he's like challenging Craig McMillan to a fight. So some wag on, on Twitter did point out that, yeah, it, it would be the equivalent of McMillan practicing chess like every day for three months and then challenging Jesse Ryder to a chess match. It's a little bit unfair, yeah. Well, that's about it for the World Cricket Show this week. Thanks a lot for your contributions tonight, Tone. Uh, yeah, pleased to make them. Yeah, you pleased it's almost over so you can go and get some food. You bring food to the studio. I say this to you every week. Like, you come to pick me up and you're like, oh, I'm really hungry. Could you not have brought, you know, a sandwich with you maybe? Because I got, I got way late bar. and I didn't get around to eating. So now I've got a very small window of opportunity for eating before my next, my next engagement. So <laughs> You are a man in demand. You, what, how many podcasts a day do you do? Six or seven? I don't know. How I keep them all separate, I don't know. Keep you all we might explain out. We have so little banter right, on any <laughs> I have other. to spread it out. Uh, now I've got uh, I've got all kinds of things happening in my life. So <laughs> I well, can't just concentrate on podcasting. I didn't say that you didn't. I haven't got time to sit around playing FIFA all day. <laughs> We're going to be back in here really soon, aren't yeah, we? we to are. record because it's what Saturday so now. All our gags. We'll be recording on Tuesday next week. So I'm off to London soon. Uh, <laughs> next week, so I'll be uh, I'll be taking with me. A suitcase stuffed full of World Cricket Show t-shirts. Just flogging them out the back of the van. It's like Del Boy, like yeah. Del Boy, yeah. Just like when you see a copper, just pack it up and run. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> Tony, it's the old Bill. So yeah, I'll see how many of those I can get rid of. I'll probably have one of those stalls on Oxford Street. What's your patter like? What's your sales pattern like? Yeah, just be like, we love you're world cruise race. No, I've got to come up with something better. Yeah, you will have stuff. to come up with yeah. if you, if you I haven't got any gap. set up a stall in Oxford Street and go, oh, I love I don't think you're going to sell many, to be honest. The thing is, they sell themselves, don't they? Well, they so do sell themselves. We've been, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're sport a bit, really, and that we don't. We've not been forced to come up with any patterns so far because they've <laughs> just, you know, people are just so keen to take them off our hands. Absolutely, yeah, it's uh, true. And at just fifteen pounds. Can people afford not to take them off our hands? I don't think so. That's not my get, question. They're not going to get this opportunity again. So, did uh, we miss a trick, though, Tone, by not producing World Cricket Show t-shirts? Well, that was my that's my invention. The t-shirts, of course, being your idea. Yeah. For a, uh, well, you know, it's a onesie essentially, isn't it? It's, it's a onesie, but it's t-shirt and shorts. shorts. Yeah, and it's cotton, so it's it's lightweight, and you'd wear it, and yeah, you'd wear it in the summer. <laughs> I like how we said invention, like you've actually like brought, brought this product to market. It, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly, it's one of the ideas you've tossed around. But yeah, as we uh, you know, as we expand the product line, then yeah, maybe the t-shirts is something to look forward to. Register your interest at yeah at worldcreatshow at gmail.com Drop us a line if you and perhaps we'll manufacture some. But in the meantime, you can. I mean, it you- will just be a worldcreat show, an existing worldcreat show t-shirt. Some cotton shorts that I found, I've just sewn together. Sewn together. I don't know how you Crudely get Crudely sewn together. There'll have to be some kind of zip mechanism or, or poppers, maybe. Well, cricketshow.net is where you need to go to buy the t-shirts. Um, a few people have been uh, saying that on cricketshow.net that the order button for the t-shirts covers the artwork. Someone's showed me a, a screenshot of this, that the, 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 the button where you, yeah, to order the t-shirts is, it is down like at the bottom? over the guy. No, it's at the top, but the artwork's at the top. So I don't want to blame these people's computers, but I will, because it's not supposed to look like that. Yeah, It doesn't on my computer. We don't test it on, uh, yeah, if you're using like Netscape or something. <laughs> we haven't tested it on that, so. But what I'm saying is if you go onto the site and you think, 
that we're complete idiots <laughs> designed the most ridiculous website. It's not supposed to look like that. So it, we'll yeah. look into it and see whether there's anything on it. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. All you need to just look for is the buy now button. Just click it and then you're <laughs> yeah, there. That's true, actually. <laughs> just like, no. um, so yeah, buy a t-shirt. If you like the show, if you like what we're doing here, yeah. uh, do buy a t-shirt and, and help to support us. Support it. Help, uh, yeah. Oh, I've got to put my kids through college. <laughs> uh, the first consignment is the ready. first container load. <laughs> the first we'll cargo ship docks. is yeah. loaded up and it's ready to go. Uh, and I'll be sending those uh, tomorrow, I think. So you should be getting your hands on the t-shirt soon. Uh, why not take a picture of yourself wearing it and, and put it on our Facebook page, maybe? Facebook.com slash cricket show is, of course, our Facebook address. Click the like button there and suggest it to your friends. You can tweet all over us as well at twitter.com slash cricket show. You can also follow Tony on Twitter. I've been tweeting all over you, haven't I? You have, yeah. To an, an annoying degree. <laughs> no, I'm, not. I'm, just, I'm kind of betting it, you know. I had a slight phone-related issue, so I've not really been... As connected as I want to. Because what's your handle on Twitter? It's at Tony Kerr, but spelled T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Staggeringly pretentious. <laughs> and also some you, annoying... You think you're like a Roman senator I'm, 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 or something? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of positioning myself as a luxury brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also some Pratt taking Tony Kerr with a U, so <laughs> that was a bit annoying. But uh, yeah, Tony Kerr with a V. I don't want to say it like that because that kind of sounds it sounds a bit late. It also sounds like it's at Tony Kerr with a V or yeah, one word. So I'm going to say Tony Kerr. <laughs> at Tony Kerr. At Tony Kerr. Well, if you've got any issues that you want to take up with Tony specifically, <laughs> then that's the place to do it. I don't suppose. trouble, Adam, with your you. You were. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about your autobiography the other day, which I understand you're in the early stages of writing. I'd really like your autobiography to be called something completely incongruous. Like, I don't know, just, just like respect your elders. <laughs> Tony Kerr a picture of you on the front frowning um, send us an email as well worldcricketshow at gmail.com do that if you'd like some free World Cricket Show stickers if you don't want to buy a t-shirt you just want some free stuff instead then, then you can you know, if we were ever to appear on The Apprentice and we got through to the interview stage uh, that Claude who's one of the uh, you know one of the, the kind of the bulldogs yeah exactly the real terrorisers of, uh, of the interview I, wor- I would worry that you know he would just laugh us out of the room uh, he's like well you know, what are you charging for the badges what are you charging for <laughs> the stickers nothing yeah. get out like get out I, yeah. we, I don't think that's ever gonna happen we should not go on The Apprentice thing. no be hilarious though I'd love to just like absolutely tell you to show it to the boardroom yeah that's true <laughs> it would, re- turn it would really you. come out then wouldn't it yeah anyway cool better go well that's it then for this week have a fantastic week everybody uh, and we'll see you next week I've said week about 11 times <laughs> yeah I know we'll notice it happens to us all it happens to us I can smell your fear Uh, some other um, notable names on the on the bowling list are. P- <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaked out of it. It's when mental. Oh, some other. <laughs> I can't even do an impression of it. <laughs> what's the What's the last side there? That was it. All oh, right. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
going to have to say that, Adam, I think it's time for you to leave the process. You're fired. Thank you, Lord Sugar. Uh, yeah, and it gives you, know, it kind of gives, yeah, I'd cut that. I'd, yeah, I'll probably cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. When McCray plays FIFA and he gets really excited, he sounds like uh, Murray Walker, <laughs> veteran Formula One commentator Murray Walker. Watch out for it because McCray goes like this. Oh! <laughs> And it's go, go, go! <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. You have to look out I'll for keep it. An eye out. I'm sure I'll play in a couple of weeks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 